If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growandemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growandemaillist.com. That's growandemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. So for me, the biggest identity crisis was I knew that I was created for more and I just wasn't doing it. And I learned in the process that it was never that I was afraid to fail. It was always that I was afraid to be successful. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. How much money do you think you need to start a business? $1,000, maybe $10,000, $100,000? My guest today can tell you that you do not need to go into debt to chase your dreams. In fact, she started her business, The Cupcake Collection, on the last $5 she had to feed her family and turned it into a legacy with over 5 million cupcakes sold. Since then, this incredible entrepreneur, speaker, and community leader has garnered national attention from the Today Show, Southern Living, Entrepreneur, and Business Insider, just to name a few. In addition, her business savvy has earned her numerous titles and awards, including Woman of Legend and Merit, Entrepreneur of the Year, Woman's Empowerment Innovator, NAACP PowerShift Entrepreneur, and Black Enterprise Magazine's Family Business of the Year. Today, she is committed to teaching anyone who will listen about what they can do if only they believe, most recently through her brand new book, which comes out tomorrow, called Made from Scratch, Finding Success Without a Recipe. I cannot wait for you to hear her full grassroots story of success, be inspired through her powerful words, and learn how you can follow in her footsteps to do the same. Mignon Francois, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. This is something special. If you love Gold Digger, then you'll love the Side Hustle Pro Podcast hosted by Nikayla Matthews Akome, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. 
Side Hustle Pro showcases diverse entrepreneurs who have scaled from a humble side hustle to a full-blown profitable business. Every week, you'll learn actionable strategies to start small and get going wherever and whoever you are. In Nikayla's recent episode titled How to Make Content for Your Business in Less Than One Hour a Week, I learned so much about how to optimize recording sessions to get content done quicker, as well as new content creation tech and tools. You have to tune in. Listen to Side Hustle Pro wherever you get your podcasts. I have such a pleasure of interviewing an incredible woman today. And I'm so excited, Gold Diggers, for you to hear from her. Now, we're going to go into a lot of different conversations. But Minyan, for someone who doesn't know your name and know who you are, give us kind of the story. I know it's long. I know you wrote a whole (laughs) book about it. But tell us a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. My name is Mignon Francois. I like to say that I'm a mother of six plus one, just so that people will ask me about her part of the story, my plus one part of the story. And everybody needs a plus one for a party, right? (laughs) And I started my business out of necessity. We were drowning in debt and brokenness. We were losing everything that we had including the home that we were living in, which eventually becomes the house where our business starts. We start a bakery not knowing how to bake, not even out of a box. (laughs) And the man on the radio was telling people, hey, you can get out of debt if you have a bake sale. And I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to do that? And I go to my daughters who were baking every day. And I say, what do you think about a bakery? And they got excited and thought they'd love to do it. But secretly, my oldest daughter was really not interested. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So without her, my little daughter's not excited. But I feel like I've told the world that we're going to open a bakery. And now I've got to keep my word, which was literally just a little three by five sign that we had hung on the porch. (laughs) It's amazing what we think people can see. And I think that was long before Facebook and Instagram. My kids were on MySpace at the time. (laughs) They weren't even really allowed to use MySpace. But it was the knock on the door from a neighbor when I was sitting in my house without electricity because I couldn't afford it, who asked me to make cupcakes for all of her clients And I immediately go to God and have like this come to Jesus moment of why are you giving me this opportunity when I don't even have lights and I don't have money? And it just quickened on the inside of me that God feeds birds and he always feeds me. So how much more does he want me to have more than I need? And so I put on my shoes walked around the corner to the Kroger and bought everything that I could buy with the $5 that I had left. And I turned that five into 60 that day. And I turned that 60 into 600 by the end of the week. And I'd been flipping that same money for the last 17 years. We have been voted as the best cake in Tennessee and the best cake in Louisiana. (laughs) And we only hold that position in two states because that's the only two states right now where the bakery exists. We believe that we're going to take that position in other places as we move across the country, redeeming the time. And that's our goal now is just to 
to help other people know what they can do if only they believe. Listen, if I could make an award-winning bakery out of nothing, surely there are some talented people who have been sitting on what they have. And I just promised God if he would make me successful, I would tell anybody who would listen about what they could do if they believe. Okay, there's so That's much the short version. <laughs> so much. Okay, so first, I'd be remiss to not ask about the plus one. So mm-hmm. I feel like we have to unpack that because everyone who's listening said, wait, wait, you just breezed past it. What's the story there? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so three of my children, you know, I got as a wedding present. Three of my children I gave birth to. And one of my children kind of adopted us as her own. Mm-hmm. And so So she's the one that, you know, looks the most different. And most people think, oh, she must be somebody's girlfriend. (laughs) Really, she's just my child that's got the most blonde hair. She's been with us since she was 14. She's going to be 30. And so we started, she was having trouble in school. And she had come to me as a mentee. And she was working at the bakery on two days a week and then was going to school three days a week. And so I was her teacher of like a real life skill. And they were calling me and saying that she was getting in trouble in school and that she was a problem child. And we're like, no, she's not. (laughs) We don't know this person who you're talking about. And so then they started calling us and asking us to do parent teacher conferences and asking us to come alongside of her mother. And then she ran away from home one day and her mother came looking for her at my house. And we were angry because she did not tell us that she had run away from home. And so her mom had said something to me in passing that day. She's like, you know what? Why don't you just raise her? Because she listens to you. And we took it seriously and said, okay. And we just started taking a greater role in her life. And just she needed just a partner. And so we we took her on and she ended up moving into our house along with our children. We were on a family walk just last night. (laughs) And we we were talking about that first family walk that she had to go on where she was being pushed literally up the hill after having just been pushed to eat peas. And it's like, (laughs) I hate this place. (laughs) And yeah, she probably No, sister, you signed up for this family. So you got to take us all the way that we are. So now she's just a member of the family and one of my children. I love that so much. (laughs) So another thing that I think we should talk about that I think is so powerful, and I also believe that we as women and entrepreneurs could use it to our advantage, is talking about how this little three by five sign held you accountable, right? (laughs) Yes. If you didn't have that sign, do you believe that you would have followed through on that vision? Oh, that is so good. I think that you're so right about that. Thank you for giving me something new to think about. That sign did hold me accountable because I really believed that everybody could see it. 
I'm from New Orleans. Yeah. We have a lot of businesses that come out of people's homes. Like yeah. there is a candy lady in every neighborhood. And I went to a little small school where the candy lady was across the street and yeah. my house looks a lot like her house where you can knock on the door. We would buy pickles and potato chips. Yeah. We would buy candy bars and what we call cold cups or frozen cups, you know, little Kool-Aid or juices frozen in her freezer. And I kind of believed that that's what I was going to be doing. I never knew it was going to be all of this. I didn't start out for it to be all of this, but I think that's where the name of the book made from scratch comes from. Like it was really made out of nothing from the beginning yeah. Uh, from the ground. And I started even thinking about what the word scratch means. The word scratch has so many definitions that came to serve me just while writing this book. And, and a lot of times when we think about things being made from scratch, we're thinking about flour, you know, yeah. some, the, you know, a recipe. And I yeah. didn't have one. I didn't even have a recipe. I just was out there trusting God that he had told me to do this. And so my neighbor, like I was always using the people around me for whatever they had to offer or whatever they were willing to give. I was one of those people who said, okay, I'll take it. I'll listen. I'll learn from that. And he had a printing company and he wanted to make me a sign so that people could see my little business and my neighbors knew about it yeah. and they were passing it around and knocking on my door. One man knocked on my door at 10 o'clock at night. It's like, look what you have in there because my wife is craving. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> and we started having all these little cupcake babies around the neighborhood. Yes. Um, but I was like, look, I don't have anything, but I understand. And so I yeah. went to my kitchen and I made her red velvet cupcakes oh at 10 o'clock. At night. Stop <laughs> it. You know, I love this though, because I think that there's something so powerful about saying your dream or like sharing it. Even if it's just in that vision phase, because it's like once you express it to someone else, you are now on the line for having admitted that there is something more, right? And I feel like so many people wait to reveal or announce until they have it all figured out. And that means they're waiting forever, right? Yes. And so I just love that like this sign made you feel like, I said this thing, I should probably follow through. And now we have an easy way. Hold up your phone and say, I really want to learn about or experiment with or become and put yourself like put some skin in the game so that you feel like now people are watching to make sure you do it. I just I love that. Yeah, I really, really thought that putting that sign up meant that the world knew that yes. a bakery was coming soon. And actually, I talk about this in a, in the book. Somebody really did pay attention to that. There was yeah. a lady. Her name was Shelly. And she was coming by the bakery Every day. And when she she was using that road, 6th Avenue North, where the bakery was or is to get to work. And when she saw that bakery coming soon sign, she has this huge sweet tooth and decided, oh, my gosh, my world is being made. Someone understands my love language and a bakery's coming soon. And two years later, she knocks on my door and says, your sign is a lie. Your bakery is not coming soon. And I either need you to take that down or open. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, what is your favorite kind of cake? And she told me it was red velvet. I asked her what time she got off work. And she told me five o'clock. I said, can you come back at five? 
And she said, yes. And so she came back at five and I had red velvet cake for her and her best friend. And they became regulars of mine after that. I invited these strangers into my house. (laughs) And we're eating. You're like, come on in. Yes, we're eating red velvet cupcakes in my living room. And, you know, I think that people often see that a business is coming. And they think that it's easy. Or by the time you put up a sign, it's just going to magically happen that people have taken out loans or that they have lots of experience in this. And we trust, we blindly trust that they know what they're doing. And I just want this book to be an encouragement for someone who just wants to see what they have. Yeah. They just want to try and make it. Just know that there are so many other people who won't give that good old-fashioned try. And there you will be left being amazing because you have to learn to serve all these people who really need what you have to offer. And that's what I learned in the process. They needed a bakery in my neighborhood. Yeah. Well, and clearly... It worked. (laughs) One thing that I am just, I love about your story and I can relate to is I have never gone into debt for my business. I've been fortunate to do what you did and just keep Mm -hmm. flipping what I've got to Mm -hmm. keep earning more and really kind of, I mean, I think there's so much skill and deciphering, like, what do you actually need? to do this thing. Because in a world that is filled with more, more, more and nice to haves, a lot of times entrepreneurs don't really focus on what you truly need to do Mm -hmm. the job. Talk to me a little bit about this debt-free journey because it is amazing. And especially in an industry like baking, where there are a lot of needs. Talk to me about that. That is so good. I didn't choose to be debt free. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my mother had raised us to be fiscally responsible and I had gotten myself into some, you know, into a bad place. But I just I had to bootstrap everything because nobody would give me anything. Nobody was giving me any loans. Nobody really wanted to hear what I had to say about making cupcakes. Now, when they would try them, they say, oh, this is amazing. Good luck to you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it literally You're not was into the bank with the your cupcakes like here, please give me a literally loan. that was me walking into the bank with cupcakes. This yeah. is what I have, and like, oh, that's so nice. We can buy some sometime, or you can give some away, but we can't yeah. give you any money. And I was I didn't have any credit. I didn't have any knowledge of the business. So there was no reason for anybody to really take a risk on me. So it was going to have to be that I was baking cupcakes, putting some aside. I had an envelope for taxes. I had an envelope for profit and I had an envelope for ingredients. And that's how I started it. And I think I just kind of got arrogant at some point that, well, you know what? If you don't want to help me now, don't come looking to help me later. Yes. (laughs) And so then it was like, I'm going to be debt free. And I learned, especially during the pandemic, how many people we were looking to all these big major businesses were closing. Yeah. And it was making it makes me sad to see a place close. And I actually feel like I take responsibility for that when a place closes like, oh, I haven't been there. I should have went. I didn't visit enough. (laughs) 
Like, I wish they would have told us they needed help. Like, we would have bought gift cards. Yes, I would have went. But I realized that a lot of us in the world are living beyond our means. Yeah. And I didn't have a choice. And I'm grateful. Sometimes your struggle has lessons for you to learn, right? And I'm grateful to God that I started in the position that I started in because I believe in debt freedom so much that I'm not even in debt to the people who I employ. Yes. And by that, I mean, they get paid every seven days. Mm -hmm. That was not only for them, but it was also for me because Mm -hmm. I, I understand where they are. I've walked in their shoes. And when you're looking for 14 days before you get paid again, or 30 days for some people before you get paid again, or not knowing when you're going to get paid again, you just can't make any plans for your life. And I wanted my team to not have to struggle. So I set up a way for them to get paid every seven days. It costs me more as an employer but it's a cost that I want to take because I feel like you can figure out five days of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. figure out seven days. And that's been something that has also been helping and healing them in their own financial freedom journey. It's beautiful. I often think about without safety and security, it's hard to be creative, right? If you are worried about your next paycheck or or anything in that sense, it's hard to even think beyond, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that you are conscious of that and that you've created something that's really beautiful. And I think that's really inspiring for anyone who has a team is to be considerate of that fact. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm really curious about is when you started your bakery, you were in your 30s. Let's talk a little bit about that because I believe that there are two sides of the coin here. I think that there are some people who might be, you know, in their 30s or let's just throw that number out as a baseline and they're thinking, I thought I would be further by now. I thought Mm -hmm. I would have the husband or the family or the house or the job or the million dollars. I thought I would be further. And Mm -hmm. then there are the other people who might be in that same age group that are thinking it's too late. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck. I am me. This is my identity. I'm not moving. This, this is it. I guess this is it. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about this season in your life when you were in your thirties. And then we're going to fast forward to now because it's another reinvention. (laughs) I love that. It's never too late to start. I read a statistic that over 94, 94% of Americans are waiting for some big event to happen in order for them to start living. It's like, I'm going to wait till my children graduate. I'm going to wait till I turn, you know, I'm going to wait till I have this much in the bank. And it's never too late to start is what I've learned. And starting when I did, let me be more prepared because listen, I had something to lose. Not only was I losing the house where the bakery was and I needed, I needed to win at this my children needed field trip money. My daughter was graduating from high school at the time. I was a real young mom. I started out as a teenager, which is a whole other topic. And I just want people to know that you do not know the plan for your own life. So there are no mistakes. I believe that every stupid thing that you've ever had to do is taking you from where you are to where it is that you want to be. And it took me 17 years to come full circle 
in my kitchen in this affluent neighborhood where I was living in this torn down, blighted house that we were renovating to find out that I had gone to school to study medicine only to end up in my kitchen to use the science. And I just want people to know that nothing is wasted. I could not apply the science to the human body. I was flunking out of my classes. I was in danger of losing my scholarship at Xavier University when I decided to move on to something else because I'd gotten pregnant because nobody prepared me what college was. I went to college early. I started at Xavier when I was 16. So I just didn't know what college was supposed to be. And I got played (laughs) and I played. (laughs) And soon after I'm bringing home a baby and have to figure that whole thing out, I end up meeting and marrying my husband within four weeks of, of knowing him and had to put my whole college career back on the back burner. If every single one of those things hadn't happened and if all of the things that occurred in my life did not occur. I wouldn't be Mignon. And I'm grateful for those things. I'm grateful for those things because without them, I couldn't sit here before you and say, listen, if you're listening to us today and you don't know what you're eating tonight and you are part of the food insecure community like I was, or you don't have electricity like I didn't have, it's like me too. Me too. I didn't have those things. If you're drowning in debt and brokenness, if your husband and you're a stay-at-home mom has asked you for a divorce or heck, you want one, it's not too late for you to start to get you from where you are to where it is that you want to be. And it was me on $5 walking to the grocery store in my neighborhood because my car was repossessed. Can you imagine? We lived in an area of town where they didn't bus our children in. I had to get my children to school. So some days it was a decision between getting my children to school and having gas for the generator to run our house. And you're going to stay home with mom today because that's going to be education too. And I think that people, especially women, have to give themselves an opportunity for grace. And that's something that I've learned in the process as I've been able to meet other women is I want to give you grace. And I want you to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am enough. Everything that I have is everything that I need. And I can do this. Sometimes that's all you have is to say, I can do this. Yes. (laughs) It's no secret that business owners are under a lot of pressure right now. We're pressured to get more leads, close deals faster, get better insights to create the best experience for customers and so much more. So how do we manage it all while still ensuring the best customer service? That's where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot is a customer relationship management tool that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way that you do business. Drag and drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages, set up marketing automation to give every contact white glove treatment, plus AI-powered tools like Content Assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters most, your customers. 
HubSpot has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Let HubSpot take the pressure off your shoulders and get started for free today at HubSpot.com. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Oh my gosh. I mean, yes. What was it like? Did you have any sort of identity crisis when you started to find success? Because I feel like when you've had that identity for so long of struggle, what did it feel like to have that shift to success? Mm -hmm. I think I'm still in that. Yeah. (laughs) Because now I feel like it took me so long to get started. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've been at this for almost 20 years in my life. And as I said, nothing is wasted, right? I believe that God is a redeemer of time. He can take whatever time that you wake up and you decide that today is going to be the day that I'm not looking back and I'm only moving forward. He can take whatever time is left and do more in that time than you could have done had you had the 20 years before or the 10 years before, because I was doing the things I was supposed to do back then. And I think the greatest identity crisis for me was I always thought I was going to be famous (laughs) and I was not. (laughs) <laughs> yes. yes. And it your was interview like, with Hoda, you say that and she's like, wait, what? Like <laughs> I always just like I knew I was supposed to be famous because I had this great name. My name is Mignon Francois. And the way my mother says it, I mean, it's Mignon Francois. Like when people hear my name, they'd stop and say, What? Like, honey, I just taught you French. (laughs) You can now speak another language. Just say my name. And I just started thinking, God, as I listened to some song lyrics, I saw other famous people being wildly successful. And all of the people who lived in my neighborhood who were not looking to keep their lights on or scrounging for food, right? Do you love them more than you love me? Like, what do they have that I don't have? And for your listeners, I want you to know that God loves you more than anybody else. And at first, when I heard God say that, I thought, oh, I'm your favorite. 
You love me more than you love anybody else. And what it really was is that he was going to love me more than anybody else could. And all these things that were happening to me were actually happening for me so that I could become who he was shaping me and molding me to be. And had I not had that bout with, I'm not supposed to be here. With every turning year of my age, I knew I am not supposed to be here. This is not supposed to be my life. So for me, the biggest identity crisis was I knew that I was created for more and I just wasn't doing it. And I learned in the process that it was never that I was afraid to fail. It was always that I was afraid to be successful. Let's talk about that. That is it. I cannot tell you how many stages I've stood on and asked women who's afraid to fail. Everyone raises their hand. Then we say, who's afraid of being successful? And slowly the hands creep up because yeah. when you have more, you have more to lose, right? Yes. When you're known, you're also spoken about. Like There is this fear, especially... Let's circle back to the beginning of your story. There was this fear of what will people think of me if they saw that sign and I didn't follow through. Mm-hmm. Now heighten that times a million because <laughs> you're now successful. You're now known, you know? Talk to me about that fear of success because I think it is so prevalent for women. And I sometimes question if men have the same fear that we do. Yeah, I think they do. I think I think being afraid of success just means that you know that something is required of you. Yes. You know that means that you got to get up when you don't feel like it, when you're feeling sick, when you're tired. And I learned that you can be sick and you can be tired, but you cannot be sick and tired at the same time. And I think that's something that mothers know, right? Like yeah. because your children are there, sometimes you're sick and you're tired, but you can't be either one of those things. And being successful means that I've got to do the same thing. I've got to be consistent. I've got to show up every day. And that was the thing that was stopping me every time. I didn't want to keep going and I'm really shy. So walking up to people or getting into networking, networking is so hard for me. It's like (laughs) online dating, but like in the flesh, do I say this? Do I text them? Do I get their number? What? Like same. I get sweaty thinking about it. (laughs) And so it's just like, get somebody else to do it. Like I can go into a room now. I know how to walk into a room. When I walk into a room now, I can walk into a room very loudly is the way I like to say it without saying a word. It is in how big my Afro might be. It is in the wideness of my smile. It is in the way that I stand. It is in the way that I scan the room and lock eyes with people. Those are the way when I see somebody whose face looks familiar, I smile at them. And one of the things that I've learned about a smile is a smile can go a really long way. And there's this saying that says when you smile, the whole world smiles back at you. It is so true. People who are not even used to smiling will find themselves smiling at you when you smile. And so just walking into a room, putting a smile on my face and putting my shoulders back and say, God, I don't know who I'm going to know. 
ultimately I will meet somebody. I recently met one of the one of the coolest friends that I've made going back home to New Orleans. She's a chef. Her name is Toya Bodie. And we ended up in the same room and we both were looking around like, okay, we don't know anybody in here. Why are we here? But we knew we belonged in the room and she yeah. kind of gravitated to me. And so she said, do you... <laughs> do you think you're supposed to be here? And I was like, honey. And we just started laughing and from yeah. there connected and have stayed in touch. And I feel like you're not the only one. And that's what I hope people see and understand and what I want them to hear so loudly in this book. You are not the only one. And if you can just listen to my story and feel some of my pain and see where I've come from and see where I've been and know that even when you become successful, you just get bigger obstacles. It's yeah. not going away just because the podcast is successful. It's yeah. not going away. Just yeah. the problems get bigger and you have new things that you have to solve because we were never intended to be beings who depended on ourselves anyway. Yes. Yes. You just did something without even knowing it, I bet. And I want to call it out because it's something I haven't spoken about on the show. So you just named that amazing chef by name, right? <laughs> yeah. And I love when women cheer on other women or mention other women or bring their names up to the table. And I think it's something really powerful that every woman listening to this show or man should hear is be the type of person that brings other people into the conversation. And I bet you just did that without even realizing it. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that. First of all, I feel like we're going to be friends after this, oh, like yeah. for real. You're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just want to be, you know, one of those people who you're checking in with and seeing how they're doing. Just the connection that we have for you to be able to see me. But I am such a cheerleader. I always wanted to be a cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just never, never had the courage. It's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm just a cheerleader oh. as an adult. And that yeah. you're so right. I didn't realize that. But I love, I love bringing people alongside of me. If I believe that you need them, I'm going to say, yeah. oh, you need to meet this person. Oh my right. gosh, you will love this person. And I just love mentioning other people's names. And especially since you mentioned, you know, that I brought up Toya. Toya just has been a cheerleader for me. And yeah. she just finished publishing her cookbook and was on Food Network and just was had her own show on like Lifetime. I mean, and I didn't know any of these things. Yeah. I just gravitated to her in a room and we had so much in common. She has five children. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you like my sister from another <laughs> mister? <laughs> and that's why that's the friend that I am to people. I just want to open doors that may not have been open for me, but I yeah. want to be able to stick my foot in the door so that other people will know what they can do. Yeah. And it's also to give them permission to also do the same. Yeah, I can just sense that. And I think that that is a really beautiful gift. And that leads me to your book. Okay, let's talk about it. Adding the word author to how you describe what you do is a really 
big deal. It's funny now because before I wrote my book, I would say, you know, I'm a podcaster. I teach business courses. And now I'm like, you better believe I'm an author because it is so much work. Talk to me about what inspired you to write the book, what the process was like, like what I feel like when you write, God is like paying attention to the words you're saying and testing you on the lessons you're putting on the pages. So (laughs) did you experience that? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. It took me two years to write this book. Yep. And it's crazy because it's my story. (laughs) Why was it so hard to write this book? And I think it was because I always thought that I was an open book, (laughs) (laughs) but I was not. I always thought that I was transparent and I was not. And I have gotten so vulnerable in this book that I've had to go back and read it again and say, (gasps) did I really say that? Oh my gosh. Is my family going to be okay with what I just said? And as I've gone back and I've read it, it's like, you know what? Somebody needed it, Mignon. And it was so important to me that I give this story to them. Listen, I never want to be a victim. So I was very careful about some of the things that I was saying that I wanted to be able just to show people some of the highs and some of the really low lows, just because I know that there are a lot of women who are battered. There are a lot of children who feel left, even as adults. Like I found out that my dad really did love me while writing this book. My whole life, I thought he didn't even like me very much. This is a father that was always there. I know my father. I knew him by his character and by his name. He worked hard for his children. And I would say that there's nothing that I couldn't have that I needed if I asked my father. And I learned in writing this book as I finished it that, wow, You lived your whole life thinking that he didn't even really like you that much. And he died before I ever got a chance to know that. He died while I was writing the book. And one of the things my younger sister said to me, and I love to celebrate this, I'm the only one of my father's children that has a nickname. And that's huge. Yeah. My dad is a nickname giver and my dad called me Flossie. And, you know, to be flossy (laughs) is to just, you know, swing your hair and just, you know, have the right outfit and to be in the right place at the right time and to always be on point. Right. And I just think everybody should write one, even if you don't plan to publish it. I think everybody should just sit down with themselves and find out where they've been yes. and take a beat, you know, and say, you know what? I've done some things in my life that the world needs to know. We all have a story. And where is it that I'm going now? And how can I get you to where you're going? And that's what I hope that they're learning. As I am a mom to the core And even my motherhood journey has evolved as my children. My oldest is 37. And so now that all of my children, except the baby, is almost 30, I have been able to now grow up with my children Mm -hmm. and become something different to them. And I think that's what I want 
people to hear is your life is not a stagnant place. And a lot of times we get stuck in a place and think that we're never going to get out of it. But life is an ever evolving journey. Mm -hmm. And my life, even through motherhood, has changed and my career has changed. And I would say that it was still scary, but I'm learning not, you know, how they say, do it in fear, do it afraid. I've learned that God didn't give me a spirit of fear. So I'm going to do it in faith. And I think faith has been the greatest driver for me, especially in this book. And listen, it took me two years to write this. It took me two years to open the New Orleans store. It took me two years to open the Nashville store. It took me, you know, it's just like nothing happens overnight. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about this. Overnight success is not a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? So one thing that I think about, especially in writing a book, and I love how you say, I feel like everyone should do it, is when you reflect on your life and you're working on a book, you have these stories, but it's not just a story. It's what did this teach me? Or how did I go? Or how could this help someone else? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that last section of really looking at what you've been through or experienced or built and saying, you know, and now that's the part that a lot of people are missing in their life, right? Because they have the story. The story has happened. They've, they've lived it, but they haven't taken that moment to say, 
and here's what I learned or here's how this shaped me. Mm -hmm. So I just love that you say, I think everyone should do it because I totally agree. It is such a transformative experience. And your book comes out tomorrow. How does this feel? Talk to me about like that author feeling. Your baby, a new baby is about to be born into the world and shared. How are you feeling? Yes, it's definitely a birthing process. What I want people to know is that in this book, I'm getting real transparent. I have told some things I have never said out loud. I had to go to my children and ask them, were they okay with some of this stuff that I was getting ready to say? But not so that you could be all up in my business, right? (laughs) This is not so you can be like, child, let me tell you. This is about what you just said. It's about what other people can learn. It's about what you can do. I want other people to know about their own business. I want them to be about their own busyness, right? And what I've learned in the process was that God was calling me into a story, asking me to choose life. I was waking up every morning like it was like an alarm clock was going off at 317, not knowing why I was getting up, but I talk extensively about this in the book because I believe it was a game changer when I realized why I was being awakened. And as I as I stopped being awakened in the mornings, I opened up this Bible verse that said, choose life. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life that your family will live. And what I learned is that we are set here for a purpose. And I truly believe that there's only two reasons we close our eyes and forever sleep. Either we have fulfilled our purpose or we ignore it. (laughs) And a lot of us are ignoring the thing that we were set here to do, or we think, oh, I'm not good enough, or I don't have what it takes, or there's something else that I need. I want you to know that all you have is all you need to get you from where it is that you are to where it is that you want to be. And I believe the biggest principle in that, in that section that you're talking about, like as the end and I'm, I'm on this stage and here I am, like I've done it. It was like, I had gotten a divorce, you know, I had started this business. I was debt free. We were starting to grow wealth. And one of the things that I learned, one of the principles I learned was speak what you seek until you see what you said. And I began to name the things that I wanted. And I began to sometimes, even when I couldn't see them, I would just, I would repeat them until it became real to me. And joy has been a big driver for me. Even when I was in my saddest moments to sometimes just say, I declare joy. Like me and my brother used to play the more, it's yes. like one, two, three, four, I declare thumb war. And one day it just, just quickened in my heart that I could declare whatever I wanted and joy was the thing that I decided to declare. And so even in my hardest times, if that's all I could do was stand in the mirror and say, I declare joy, I declare joy, I declare joy, I declare joy, screaming it sometimes until I could actually feel it. Sometimes that's all you have. that you can do. Well, guess what? In that moment, then that's all you need. And that's what I hope that the women on your podcast will hear and that you will hear that you are more than enough and that all this power has been packed onto the inside of you. And the world 
is waiting for it like a seed that has been planted to grow and they need it. Somebody needs what you have. And while I'm just like nervous about tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, people can buy it on Amazon and the pre-orders are so important. And we just want it to go out into the world so that when they are up at 317 and they're being awakened and they think that they have to check the stove and they have to check the doors and they have to make sure that their children are breathing, that really this is an encounter that God is trying to have with them. And if the only thing that they have is my story to remind them that they can do it too, then let me be the reminder. Because the book is written in such a way that you can pick it up at any chapter Mm -hmm. and find something that you need. You don't necessarily have to go through it one chapter through the other. These are just little vignettes of my life that say, me too. I was there too. And this is how I got out of it. Or this is how I didn't think that I was going to get out of it. Or this is where I thought that it was over. Is this something in there that you can use? And I, I intentionally make the chapters really short because we're busy. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes I want to read a book and I do not have 30 minutes or an hour yeah. to <laughs> devote to this. Right. But yeah. I have 10 minutes that I can use. And this is 10 minutes with me on this journey to joy where I have found that you Start living in the lessons if you will only look for them. Mm. I mean, with that, if you do not go grab a copy of this book, you are crazy. Tell us where everyone can find your book and get their hands on it and also connect with you. Yes. So the book can be ordered even today before tomorrow, um, pre-order on Amazon and you can get it on Amazon.com. If you come and follow along with me in either one of my stores, you'll be able to find the book at the Cupcake Collection in New Orleans and at the Cupcake Collection in Nashville. And then I'm always looking for new people to join the community on Mignon.Francois on Instagram. Oh, congratulations. I am so excited. And this was such an incredible episode. I want to call it a treat, which feels like a pun after all of our chatter about (laughs) cupcakes. (laughs) Oh, Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. You've been a joy to talk to, really. There is something about this episode that is just so special. It's one that I know I will listen to over and over and over again. The conviction, the confidence, the encouragement, the courage. Mignon is amazing. And it is absolutely undeniable that the book that she is putting out into this world will change lives. I sincerely, sincerely hope you go and grab a copy of Made From Scratch wherever books are sold. And I really hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I did. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review on this show. It helps support the show and the production behind it but it also encourages us to continue to get incredible guests like Mignon so that you can learn and listen. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. 
And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.